Hello, hello, and welcome to Office Hours, take two. I'm just going to wait a minute and let everybody join. Feel free to send a note, say hi, let me know that it's working for you. Kind of keeping an eye on all of our screens, it takes about three different video screens to make this happen. So we're making it happen. Perfect, perfect. All right, so give it just a minute and then we'll get started. I have some very good questions today and I'm very excited about answering these. Thank you everybody for being so thoughtful with what you've submitted. And I'm sure we'll get some great ones during office hours today. Maybe just a little bit of housekeeping while we, while we wait. Um, as you know, these are all recorded, so you can watch them at any time if you're a subscriber, and I appreciate you being a subscriber, which means you're here because only subscribers get to be here. So thank you very much for that. And, you know, this is a brand new venture for me and for Supernatural. So if you love it, uh, please share it. You know, you can share the posts, anything that is not your special subscriber only access. It's very helpful for me and I appreciate it. And just look forward to having more and more of you here. Uh, for now, this is the only content that I'll be sharing on Substack. Uh, are these live videos and all of the recordings and all of the conversation in between the recordings. Uh, but that's quite a lot. And soon, uh, July dates for office hours will be up on Substack. So you'll be able to check those out soon. Uh, in the meantime, let's dive in. Let's get started. So today I have a couple of big questions I think that we'll focus on. Well, big and medium. Um, the first one is a question about how to turn a passion into a business. The next one is, I guess we're going like heavy light, heavy light. So the second question is, um, what are some ideas for desserts, um, healthy plant-based desserts, which I think this will get me talking a little bit about um, habit reshaping and how we can kind of replace motivations that we don't love with motivations that we do love. Uh, the next question is also a food related question. It is about, um, I was wearing that, that blood sugar tracking device on my arm, as you may have seen in the last office hours. And uh, a couple of you were curious about what I was eating that was keeping my blood sugar super stable. And it was very cool to see that with a tracking device. So I can share some of that. Then I'm going to talk about some plant medicine retreats, recommend my favorites and different retreats that I've been to over the years. Uh, then I'll talk a little bit about water. Uh, Meg had a great question about water and electrolytes and filtering and all these different things. And then the last question for today, hopefully I can get to all of this, is about a specific product. Ooh, I should have brought the product up here. I have it, but it's out of reach. Um, it's an apothecary brand blend. And I will talk about that. It's a sleep blend and we'll discuss uh, my thoughts on it. Okay. So with that, let us dive in. And as I've mentioned before, you know, I'm just going to talk and talk. 
please feel free to, free to interrupt at any time with questions. Don't need to wait till the end. Don't need to wait till, you know, any certain point. You are welcome to just drop them in when you are compelled to do so. Okay, so the first question is about how to turn a passion into a business. So how to turn a passion into a business. I recommend a few key points when this is something that you're looking to do, which a lot of people are looking to do, you know, especially since the pandemic and the, and the great resignation that we seem to be amidst. So the first thing is a little bit obvious, right? But very important. And that is know what your passion is, right? So we have hobbies, we have passions, we have things that we like to do, we have things that we love to do, but really, truly identifying the thing or the type of things that you enjoy so much and that is so sort of thoroughly fulfilling and a large enough pursuit that it can occupy you for a long time to come, right? So that may seem that may seem simple. I know what I like to do, but to build a whole business. Oh, funny Siri thought I said Siri. I said simple, not Siri. Um, knowing you know what you love to do and knowing that that thing can become the large part of your life for many years, you know, is a is a very big commitment and it asks a lot of that thing. So it's just something to consider, you know, if you're trying to make this a full-time venture, uh, not a part-time thing, not a side hustle, not, you know, a hobby, then it really does ask that that thing be um, quite nuanced or quite large or something that you can grow with, that can grow with you over time, right? So just something to think about, right? Um, when I moved out of advertising and marketing and agency worlds into herbalism, you know, it became my whole life because the thing that I liked to do, which was on the side, right? Nights and weekends, this was my hobby. It was what I did when I traveled, became my business. And you know how many hours and, and how much effort it can take to build a business from scratch. And then on the side, what did I do? More herbalism, more witch shit, more, you know, of the same. And it was all, it was my whole world, you know, and it's still most of my world. And thankfully I love it, but it asks a lot of herbalism and health and wellness and plant-based, you know, pursuits for it to keep me inspired and fulfilled and in business and serving all of you fresh information for years and years and years now, right? So just something to think about. The next point is that I do think, and not everyone would agree with this, but I do think that it is ideal to pursue something that you truly and individually love or that you are really good at or that inspires you and, and sort of drives your life that you find energizing. Some, you know, entrepreneurs will launch something because it's a good idea or because there's white space in the market. 
Um, there's a business opportunity. That's great. Those things I think are hard long-term to maintain as something that you love and that's your passion, right? Because we're talking about your passion, turning it into a business. Um, it becomes more purely about just the business, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. And lots of people are very successful at doing that. It's very hard to do that because you're gambling a lot that your you know, idea is going to be excellent, that you're first or your best or all the different things that make for a successful business as opposed to something that you are just married to because it energizes you. And then there's a little bit less pressure for you to, you know, be the next unicorn, right? You're like, I love this process. For me, for example, um, initially I took a big pay cut, you know, because I became self-employed, but I got to make my own schedule and I had all this extra time, right? So I was making less, but I had more time. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm fine. Because what was I trying to do with my extra money? Buy myself vacations, right? Or time. And time is very important to me. And making my own schedule is very important to me. So there will be trade-offs. And sometimes it'll be a financial trade-off. And if you're doing it purely because you're you know, passionate about it, then the financial trade-off may be something that you're completely fine with. All right. So then the next piece of advice related to turning a passion into a business is transitioning into it. So again, different people have different ways about this, but I prefer and preferred when I did this to transition into changing my job and my life um, and starting Supernatural as opposed to hard stop you know, starting now. And the reason that I prefer to transition over time is because I was mitigating risk. So I didn't feel comfortable with the idea that I could quit my job, start a new thing, have no umbrella, no buffer, right? And for my savings, but I didn't want to use my savings to start my business. I wanted my savings to be my like a life cushion, right? So I preferred to give myself extra work for probably a year and a half, maybe longer. Um, I worked multiple jobs in order to start my business. And then I was able to do this, you know, slowly I took down my other work and I built more and more and more into Supernatural. And then I went full time into, you know, Supernatural. And for me, that worked because number one, I have a high tolerance for work. So I was totally fine to wake up extra early to work on my business, go to work full-time, more than full-time, come home, do more work probably, work on the weekends. You know, but those, those, the supernatural hours were things that I loved. So I was like, oh, this, is, this is great. I love it. I'm fine with it. And I would squeeze in time every opportunity I got. So when I was on the train, I was writing blog posts for supernatural, you know, when I was commuting to and from work. That's how this started. It was just like every extra minute that I could, I would take classes, you know, just spend my time growing this thing. Um, and that worked really well for me. I took a lot of freelance clients. And again, I just sort of transitioned over time. Other people don't like to do that. They want to stop, you know, full stop and start their new thing. And that's great. Everyone can do it the way that they want to do it. But I recommend, and I did, 
the transition. Now, when you're doing the transition, it's very easy to spend a lot of time thinking about what is my brand? What is my look and feel? What is my social media content? What is my voice? What are all these things, right? And especially for me coming from the agency world, like you don't do anything until you know all that stuff, right? You don't just put something out into the world and like, see how it goes. You're like, this is our strategy. This is our brand voice. This is our brand guide. This is our style guide. This is everything. And that's great. That's expensive. And the challenge with that I've found for personal brands, right? Brands that are coming from your personal passion, your life, your persona. You know, my personal persona is completely mixed up with Supernatural online, right? So the challenge with that is launching with that immediately puts you into a box. And that can be great because you're differentiated and you're strategic and you know what your colors are and all that sort of thing. And maybe that totally works for you. I, I see it work better for products and brands, businesses, business brands, like companies than for individuals because individuals we're going to change over time. Right. And we're going to bump up against the walls of that box, that personal brand that we put ourselves in. And I don't know if we're still in this phase, but a couple of years ago, this personal brand, you know, thing was very important to everybody. All of a sudden, if you're online, if you're on social media, even if you're not a business, like you need to have, you know, a strategy for your posts or something. I think some of that has softened, but I got a lot of questions about it, especially, you know, a couple of years ago. And generally what I recommend it is, you know, you want things to look nice. You want to have professional assets, but allow yourself some freedom, especially if you're going to test and learn anything, right? To experiment and to have, you know, kind of the building blocks of it, the foundation, if you will, but don't build the whole house yet. Don't worry about, you know, what color the walls are right away. That's what I would suggest. And you know, for me, that process has changed a lot over the years. And we worked with a logo and, well, two logos, because I have two companies, right? Supernatural and the herbals, herbal gummies. But we worked with logos and um, mostly my intuition for branding for the first six years that we were in business. We didn't have style guide. We didn't have colors. We didn't have any of that stuff. We just, we slowly growed, grew and we were very mindful. I'm very mindful of aesthetics, right? But we didn't have a brand style guide or identity or any of that stuff um, until about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. So when we, when we did that, so um, allow yourself some, some freedom to, to, to move through that stage is what I would say. Uh, let's see. And then the other thing that I like to recommend in general for anything that you're trying to learn or start or do is to immerse yourself in it as thoroughly as possible, as quickly as possible. So this is similar to the, like, should I go at the full strategy or should I just like start doing things and testing things? My, my preference, and again, this is my approach. Everybody is different. I love to learn by doing. I love to test and learn. I love to do new things. I love to like touch 
the world and get the feedback and then adjust and go back and go back as opposed to like perfectly plan everything and then put it out because in my experience like i said earlier it's very difficult to get it perfect and to put it out and have everyone love it you know it's like probably going to put it out and you're like yeah i kind of like this part i like that part i like this part and you have to redo it anyway so i love to test and learn right and even if you're not doing that in a public sense if you have a passion that you're trying to grow into a business then i would recommend getting to know other people in the industry apprentice with them if you can go work weekends at a herb shop if it's you know if it's herbal related take classes attend events do everything you possibly can to engage with that passion in the world or with businesses that resemble what you're trying to do because it's just invaluable experience and you will know even more about what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you don't, you'll get good feedback. You'll be on your way, right, to being more experienced and more educated and more qualified and, and just know better how to do things. So another example from my experience, when I was transitioning out of the advertising world into the wellness world full-time, uh, I was doing freelance strategy and marketing for a lot of companies. And I slowly started taking wellness clients only and not taking on any more fashion clients or other types of clients. So what happened is I ended up, it's like this white space is bothering me. Can I like sit on the side? <laughs> um, so I, speaking of aesthetics, I ended up working for, and I've said this in podcasts before, so some of you may know this already, but I end up, ended up working for and working with many companies that are now my peers, not competition, because we're all, we're all very friendly in this space, thankfully, but my peers in this space, like Anima Mundi Herbals, Wooden Spoon Herbs, Forsigmatic, you know, I was doing things behind the scenes with zero publicity, working on their businesses for their businesses, the Alchemist Kitchen. If you're in New York, you know those guys. Um, you know, just as a as an employee, as a member of the team, doing my own stuff on the side and learning so much about how they run their businesses. And it was not, you know, there's nothing sort of dishonest or shady. Like, like I mentioned, we're all very good friends and, and colleagues now. It was just me supporting them learning from them, uh, acting as, you know, a member of their team and getting a little bit of even mentorship or just call it experience. Um, so that is one way to immerse yourself in the industry. The other thing that I, I really do believe in is planting seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds. So again, for me, my business was, you know, I started from nothing. I have no investors. I didn't do a big, you know, I didn't do an investment. I just started from nothing. If I made a dollar, I put it back into the business, you know, and just did that over and over and over and over again. So if you have that kind of grassroots, like bootstrapped approach to things, then you may need to be a little less selective about what you say yes to in the beginning. So for example, for me, I said yes to every single opportunity, basically, that I possibly could to learn, teach, work, assist 
whatever in the wellness industry in, in herbalism at the time. And it led to where we are today. And now of course I can be very selective about what I do, but in the beginning I was, you know, teaching multiple times a week, going to events multiple times a week, taking classes, you know, making products, doing all the stuff, just immersed in it. Um, it's a very nice way to do it, I think. And again, if you're, if you're funded, you don't have to do that. So choices, choices. Then just a side note, I realize I'm going very long on this point, so I'll hurry it up here. So a side note is just a reminder that growing a business is a separate additional project to your passion. So if your dream is to just do your passion all day long, you might want to reflect on if you want to make that a business too, because if you make it a business, you're going to have to run a business, which is like an extra job, right? Like I am creative director, CEO, general manager, and I have a team, you know, lots of amazing people who help me, but that's a job. And then being an herbalist is a job. And then I really just want to write all day, but I don't get to write all day. You know, I'm working on that, <laughs> but you know, think about things like that too, that running a business is going to be a separate additional learning curve and, and job, which you could hire someone to do um, if you have those resources. So you may go it alone, you may get help. Uh, and the last point that I was meant, would mention is that in my experience, the qualities that are essential for turning a passion into a business or being an entrepreneur, especially a solo, um, solopreneur, <laughs> as they call us, uh, is resourcefulness, flexibility, uh, being a self-starter, you have to be highly self-motivated, uh, and extremely high tolerance for change, uncertainty, risk, or just challenge in general. I would say even after doing this for so many years, um, it is very, very fluid. Things change all the time. And again, if you are, you know, a big funded operation, things will be a little bit more stable, but not always. So just recognize that. Um, so I will recap quickly how to turn a passion into a business. I would recommend really identifying a passion that can last you a lifetime if you want, and also that you want to run as a business as opposed to just being able to do your passion all the time, because turning a passion into a business doesn't mean you get to do your passion all the time. Um, consider transitioning into it as opposed to the hard stop and the hard start. Um, consider immersion to gain experience and planting all the seeds you possibly can. I have seen seeds planted come to fruition five, six years later, totally worth it. Uh, recognize that running a business is a separate additional project to your passion. And then get ready with all of the sort of qualities, you know, sort of strengthen your resilience and be prepared to be resourceful, flexible, highly self-motivated and resilient in the face of change. I hope that helps. Please keep me posted on your passion project turned business. All right, so I'll go a little quickly into this one. So we have, and you know what I'm gonna do is do a little timestamp for, timestamp for where we recapped passion to business. 
Okay, so moving on now, we will talk about dessert ideas, and this will just be kind of a rapid fire thing for you. Um, if you have questions about recipes or any of those things, feel free to put them in the chat or leave a comment or just look on my website. So dessert ideas that I love. Um, cacao, cocoa, cacao based drinks. So cocoa powder, cacao powder, I mean, cacao powder is better, right? Cocoa is the more processed um, sort of stripped down version of cacao. Hot, cold, put cocoa. Why do I keep saying cocoa? It's because I have it written in my notes as cocoa. Cacao, let's do that. So put it in um, oat milk, coconut milk. You can even use water. Add a little stevia, add some sea salt, add some vanilla if you want, add a little cinnamon, whisk it, you're done. It's hot chocolate or cold chocolate. I drink versions of that all the time. If you want chocolate, just make one to sip on. The other nice thing about that is you can sip on it for, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And usually if we're eating chocolate, it goes a lot faster than that, right? So consider that. Uh, I also really like to make cinnamon lattes, not um, not chocolate-based, but those are also really great, especially if you use the Burlap and Barrel brand Royal Cinnamon. It's so sweet. It's amazing. It tastes like a... We used to, at the cafe, we would do a, a cinnamon and chill with ashwagandha and that cinnamon and some other secret ingredients. And it tasted like drinking a cinnamon roll. It was amazing. Bliss balls. Love bliss balls. I have lots of recipes for those on the website. Um, those, there are a ton of those on the internet. You know, if you have a food processor, you need a food processor to make them. Super easy. Dates, oats, nuts and seeds if you want protein powders if you want, fruit, it, it, blend it all up or, you know, food process it. Those are fantastic. Um, make sweet chia seed puddings, you know, you can make it chocolate, vanilla, fruit, whatever you want. Those are, those are great, super easy. It's a nice cold treat if you want a cold treat. Um, overnight oats, same approach, right, as the chia seed pudding. Baked yams with dates and sea salt. These are my favorite. So get the yams, not the orange ones on the inside. So yams, true yams, not sweet potatoes. Get those, bake them. They're naturally so sweet. I could just eat those alone as dessert. But if you want to spice it up, mash up some dates, chop up some dates, um, top it with a little bit of coconut oil if you want, a little sprinkle of sea salt, some cinnamon if you want. You don't even have to get fancy. But those to me are like a stack of pancakes. Yams are my pancakes. <laughs> so good. Um, I generally recommend avoiding flour for desserts. Um, obviously, those are, I mean, that's what baked goods are, and baked goods are amazing. And I made some very cool buckwheat um, concoctions this morning. However, it's a rare occasion that I'm having flour that I'm recommending anybody have flour because it turns so quickly into sugar in our body, it tends to cause uh, people to feel bingy, tends to disrupt our gut flora and our um, inflammation markers. And we, in my, it, what I found is that the more people eat flour-based anything, the um, more poorly they feel. Blood sugar is destabilized, um, cravings peak because of blood sugar instability. Um, we get 
sleepy after meals uh, and we kind of get habituated to wanting another like pick me up and so then people go for another baked good or other sugar or caffeine um not ideal so just a just a recommendation to generally avoid flowers and then um dark chocolate go for the dark chocolate and you can even make it homemade uh i have a recipe at least one probably two recipes oh yeah i have one for dark chocolate and then one for a bark like a dark, dark chocolate bark with trail mix on top so easy to make those so good you can control you know you can have it sugar free if you want you can have it sweeter if you want um, you can mix like stevia and maple and, you know, date if you wanted other sweeteners. Um, and you can have, you know, I love dark chocolate even like after I work out. It's such a great, I mean, it's a superfood, right? So those are my recommendations for dessert ideas. We will do, I'm trying to do some recaps. So I'll do a quick, I'll do a quick recap here and I'll note it in our time stamp too. Dessert idea recaps. And here we go. So plant-based superfoodie dessert ideas that I love. Recapping, chocolate drinks, lattes, hot cocoa of any kind, such a favorite. Um, bliss balls in all of their glory. Chia seed puddings in all of the varieties that we can make them. Overnight oats, same situation. Baked yams with dates and sea salt. That's the best, that is the, that is the hero here. Uh, generally avoiding flowers if possible, really treating those for like special, special, you know, as special, special occasions. Um, and then dark chocolate, homemade or from our shop. Okay, love it. Now I'm going to talk about what I ate when I was wearing my blood sugar monitor that did not spike my blood sugar at all. So there's a scale of one to 10 to measure blood sugar stability with 10 being a perfect score and one being the worst, right? And I'm just going to hop into, I'm having like a, I'm having a tech doubt. I wanna make sure that this is running over where I think it is. Perfect, okay. Always got to triple check, you know? That's something I've learned about travel too. Like quadruple check that you booked your flight on the right day, at the right time, from the right airport. Like, I don't know, I always double check that. Okay, well, speaking of travel, this is my travel smoothie. And I was traveling at the time, I was wearing this blood sugar monitor and I was out in LA and I always have little packets, um, Ziplocs of this travel smoothie because I know that it keeps me super full for a very long period of time with no blood sugar peak and, and valley. And I was wearing the monitor and I had it and I had multiple over the course of many days, you know, on the airplane, on the airplane and like once in the middle of the trip. Sure enough, 10 out of 10 uh, from this monitor that it was stable for my blood sugar. So this is blood sugar stabilizing smoothie that is also my travel smoothie I use. Hemp protein. I use Nutiva brand currently because it's just straight up hemp protein and it is affordable. It's high fiber. It is not grainy. It's a neutral flavor. It's just straight up hemp protein. Super simple. Um, no like vanilla or 
chocolate mint or like any of those great things. There are other proteins that work for that, but this one is just straight up straight. So I do uh, a serving of that, which I think is like three tablespoons, which is pretty substantial. Typically, I would only have one tablespoon of that, but if I'm traveling, I'm heavy handed with food because I want to make sure that I feel like I'm nourished and I have more than enough to go on. So I'm serving of that. Um, at one to two teaspoons of psyllium husk or acacia fiber. So these are prebiotic fibers. They absorb water. They expand in the gut. They're great for gut health. They're because they are a fiber, they're keeping our blood sugar very stable. And usually I'll have a teaspoon a day. But again, if I'm traveling, I double it. Now the thing is, you need to be used to having that much fiber. It's a lot of fiber. If you have, if you don't, if you've never had it before and you jump in and have two teaspoons, you're probably going to be uncomfortable. So just work your way up with fiber. We should all have way more than we do. Um, but most of us don't. So take it easy if you're new to it. Um, I eat a ton of fiber, so that's fine for me. But again, just be mindful of that. Then I add um, chia seeds. So just dried chia seeds. And yes, it's nice to soak chia seeds, but you can't do that if you're trying to travel with a thing. So dry chia seeds go in there. And the point is all of this is dried so that I can just add water at the airport or on the airplane, right? I do a scoop of oats. I like sprouted oats, but I also will just do straight up rolled oats. They're raw, they're not cooked. You could cook them before if you want to, but I've never tried to take cooked oats on, a, on an airplane and I doubt they would make it through security because chia seed pudding will not make it through security from experience. So just dried oats, totally, you know, totally fine thing to have. You know, if you don't want to eat a bunch of raw oats, I don't know, maybe you can, but some people don't like that idea. So just, just, a, you know, scoop of those. Again, it's a slow carbohydrate, prebiotic, um, and filling fuel. Then I will do a greens powder. Uh, actually, Four Sigmatic just launched a green powder, which is right over here. I'm not going to grab it because I have to go get it, but that's a good one. Um, for years, I've been using Amazing Grass Green Powder. It's the best, tastes really good. It's got all the greens in there, so do a scoop of that. Um, then I will either grab a banana or some kind of fruit at the airport and or I'll use a fruit powder as well in the smoothie. So it's got some sweetness because everything I mentioned is neutral flavored, right? So it's a very neutral smoothie. There's no like flavors. Um, I have like a dragon fruit powder, which is fun. It's fluorescent pink. So sometimes I'll add that in there. Uh, otherwise I'll just drink the smoothie and eat a banana at the same time. And it's cool. Um, if I am not traveling, like I'm somewhere where I can get it, then some really good uh, yogurt can also be a nice like fit for this breakfast. <clears throat> but I never buy yogurt at the airport because it's always, um, it's always got added sugar and I, I'm not interested in any <laughs> added sugar at all, which defeats the purpose. So to recap, we put it in our notes here too. So we're doing 136 uh, travel smoothie recap. All right. So 
recapping my travel smoothie that is also a 10 out of 10 for blood sugar stability. Hemp protein, prebiotic fiber like psyllium husk or acacia, chia or flax, oats, optional but ideal, uh, fruit powder or some fruit, greens powder, more fruit on the side if you want. You can like eat a banana at the same time and then optional some yogurt as well. So filling, super easy, super delicious and totally travel friendly if you do only the dry ingredients. Okay, that's that. All right. So next I'm going to answer, I think I might save our plant medicine retreat topic for next time, just watching the time. We'll see. But I'm going to answer um, Meg's question about water. So this question is, I would love to hear your thoughts on water. Is there a particular filter, an add-on like charcoal sticks um, or container that you recommend? Drinking enough water every day is mandatory, but with the current market and the unreliability of tap water, I find it confusing to figure out how to do it right. Also, how do you feel about electrolytes? Does everyone need them or only in particular cases? Um, so thank you, Meg, for this great question. I agree. Actually, <laughs> since I've been talking for 40 minutes, let me take a drink of my water. I wish I could let some of you talk, but I think this, I can only have you in the chat. Okay. Oh, so well, I'm going to show you what's in my water, but I'll just tell you. The water debate is a bit confusing, and the jury is still sort of out on what is the best water. Um, only in that, like when you're at the sort of high end of ideal, there are a few different options up here, and it sort of gets to the point of how much do you want to spend to have like the best water in, in the world? And then there's, you know, sort of tap and bottled. And so um, based on all of my research and experience, I recommend a Berkey filter and Berkey is what I use. It's just a big container, like, you know, pretty big size of my, chest really and it has two giant filters in it and you just you know fill it up with water it filters it through into the bottom and then you always have your drinking water out of the bottom of the Berkey. I bought that for myself finally a few years ago it was an investment but it was something that I knew I wanted you know I really wanted a Vitamix, a juicer, a Berkey, a really good air purifier you know, it just these things that slowly over time I've invested in and really slowly, like I didn't get an air purifier until um, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, so, you know, it, it is an expense, but it's a one-time expense. Uh, I haven't yet to replace the filters. Actually, they last so long. Um, I believe that's true. Meaning I believe it's true that I haven't replaced them. So a Berkey is, is what I recommend. Um, the, the charcoal sticks can be helpful. 
But I find that if you're constantly trying to use those and then boil them, which I use them for a long time as well. Like when I was in an office, I used charcoal sticks um, or oxygen tablets or all these different things. Those are all great and they're fun. Like oxygen tablets are great if you're traveling. You know, I would do that that on an airplane. But really, I think you want to find a solution that's going to work in your primary place of residence that you can use consistently. So I would say starting with like Brita and Soma filters, for example, those are very good water filters that, you know, you just fill up and store in your fridge or on the countertop. Then you upgrade to something that can go on your faucet maybe, or a Berkey. Then you could consider, you know, some people like to restructure water. That gets fairly expensive as far as I understand. And some people also like to do water that they buy. And if you're buying water, um, spring water tends to be the best idea. So there are places like Rising Spring, if they're still in business, that do subscription water and you can just have water delivered and it's very good quality and it's like spring water. Um, And then there are systems that are, you know, full home, like piping systems that are going to change your water in in a big way. So I think that the most realistic option is number one, if you have no filter, absolutely positively filter your water, get some kind of filter, Brita or Soma that you can use on a regular basis. It is definitely a good idea. This is not hype. (laughs) And then if you're ready to take the next step in investing in your water, um, look at something like a Berkey or a large capacity filtering device that is going to filter out as much as possible from the water system. So for example, when we moved into this home, which is new, um, there was a lead water main still, and we couldn't have it replaced for a few months while we lived in the house. And I was like, well, I'm 100% not drinking water from lead pipes. Like, that's a terrible idea. Um, But we have to live here. And the Berkey actually filters that out enough so that it is safe. I mean, I didn't even want to take a shower in that water. So um, it's a great one. And then if you really want to, you know, geek out on water, you can look at restructuring devices or spring water or something like that. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, But I do highly recommend filtering your water. And then in terms of electrolytes, um, I end up recommending them to most of my clients, actually. I think that uh, not very many people drink as much water as they should, which by the way is half your body weight in ounces of water every day. And electrolytes help with our overall hydration. You know, Um, you're getting magnesium, potassium, sodium, calcium, like all the different things all at the same time. So you don't have to worry about Am I depleted in one of these? Am I, you know, is my potassium balance low or high or whatever? And those things do get out of balance. So I personally do a scoop of electrolytes every day. I also work out like a nut. So I sweat a ton every day. If you're doing that, you definitely should have electrolytes. Um, Otherwise you could have some once a week, you know, if you're like, "Mm, I don't think I really need these, but I kind of want to check the box. Uh, It's a good idea. So I like those and I like noon. N-U-U-N, or Ultima. I use Ultima, which is U-L-T-I-M-A. 
no promo codes on those. Sorry, guys. I don't have a, I have a relationship with them yet. Okay, let me just type this in and say recapping water quality. Okay, so let me just do a quick recap on water. So recap on what I recommend in terms of how to filter your water, whether to filter it, and do we need electrolytes? First of all, yes, absolutely, 100%. If you can filter your water, please, please do use whatever resource is available to you as a starting point and work up from there if you want to. I personally use Berkey and I love it. Highly recommend that. You can even go beyond that and look at restructuring devices and all these different kind of contraptions if you're compelled to do so. In terms of electrolytes, they aren't required for everyone, but I do end up recommending them to most of my clients to help with overall hydration. If you sweat a lot, if you live in a really warm climate, if you, you know, if you're highly active, then it is a very good idea to have electrolytes on a regular basis. I personally use them every day and, you know, you could consider that or maybe once a week. Hope that helps. Okay. All right. So next up, we are going to talk about this apothecary product. Uh, let me just put the link in here so you guys can see it, because I think if you don't know what I'm talking about, it might be a little vague. Drop this in here for you. So that's the product that I'm or not recommending, but uh, referencing. So the question is, have you tried the apothecary blend? Do not disturb. I find it helpful, but also strong and can't take it too many nights in a row. What do you think of the formula? Okay. So I have tried this blend. I have it downstairs next to my cacao, which I use in my nighttime latte. And I don't use it all the time um, because I take Mucuna prurian, which is one of the ingredients in the mornings. So the ingredients in this blend are holy basil, Mucuna prurian, and cinnamon. The other ingredients are the base, which is a coconut powder, lucuma, which is like a natural sweetener from a, a fruit type thing, and rose flavor. So those I'm not counting as active. Holy basil, mucuna purian, and cinnamon. Holy basil is a probable adaptogen. It's otherwise known as Tulsi. It's an aromatic um, sort of neutral balancing herb. It's not sedative. It's not stimulating. It's considered a nootropic. It's helpful for just stress overall. So it's a really good one that you know you can use as often as you want. But taking it, you're not going to feel um, sedated, right? Mukuna is the one that you're feeling. So Mukuna purian is otherwise known as dopamine beam. And it is high in L-dopa, which is a precursor to dopamine. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter, neurochemical, that helps us to feel good, uh, motivated, focused. It's very important in the flow state. Uh, relaxed a bit. It's not a sedative by any means. It's a, 
it's a feel good chemical, you know? Um, and then there's cinnamon. Cinnamon is stabilizing for the blood sugar, great for the gut, doing lots of things, you know, in those realms, but not sedative at all, not stimulating at all. So this is all about mucuna for you, unless you're having some exciting reaction to holy basil, but that's very unlikely. Um, the thing about mucuna is that it's so close to the dopamine, you know, it's so close to the dopamine process. Like it's in, it's directly supporting the do production of dopamine. Um, that we just want to be mindful if we're using it in high doses or we're using it on a regular basis. Or in this case, if you're finding it to be too strong, then don't use it every day. Um, Mukuna is one that you can use regularly. I use it almost every day, but I take breaks and I'm very careful with my dosage because, you know, people who are looking for a good time will use a ton of Mukuna, right? It's like a party drug, right? Um, you just, you're just boosting your dopamine, which is fine and nice, but we can get addicted to things like that. Um, so this blend is great and it's not a crazy high dose of Mukuna. So it's not concerning for me at all. Uh, if again, if you're feeling like it's too heavy for you though, then I would recommend using something else. Um, maybe try your, however you're having it, you know, without that, or maybe try just holy basil tea, or maybe try a completely different blend. Um, if you're shopping from, let's see, if you're shopping from Supernatural, let's see what we have for sleep that I like. So we have a sleep section. I don't know if these chats work for you guys after the live stream, but I'll put that in there. So here's the sleep section. Actually, maybe this is a better link. And in there, for example, you know, oh gosh, we have the Rata Calm. That's amazing. That product is so good. Um, that's basically your chocolate latte situation plus beautiful herbs for sleep. I love that product so much. Very, very good. We have some tinctures, ashwagandha, anxiety ally, and head helper, which is a tension relief formula from wooden spoon herbs. Super good milky oat tincture. I just bought some of that for myself. That is really good. Um, that's for calming the nervous system down. It's actually for restoring the nervous system. Beautiful blend. All of our teas. We've got relaxing sleep from herb farm. Rose. Mm, you might like some rose. We have the Lullaby Calming, TCM Tonic Tea. Anyway, there's a reason why I go, go through our shop and I'm like, oh, I love all of these. It's because I bought all of them. <laughs> um, they're great. So those are alternatives. If you're feeling like this, um, this apothecary, you know, blend is too strong for you. All right. So I think, oh, let me do a recap on that one for us here. Da, da, da. We'll do one, everyone. Recapping. Sleep blend. I have to talk while I type, otherwise, I will type the wrong things. So let's see here. Okay, so recapping Apothecary's sleep blend. So in this blend, the herbs holy basil, mucuna purian, and cinnamon are the primarily active ingredients. Holy basil is a neutral, uh, probable adaptogen, great for stress resilience, not energizing, not sedative, definitely a nootropic, 
great for any time of day, day or night. Um, Mucunapurian is otherwise known as dopamine bean, and this is definitely the one that you're feeling. It is high in L-dopa, which is a precursor to dopamine, which is a feel-good neurotransmitter that helps us to feel good and also be focused and in flow and that sort of thing. Cinnamon is beautiful for blood sugar balance, um, gut health, and digestion and many other things like that. So this is a great blend. Uh, if you're feeling like it's too strong, then you can check out any of the other options we have in our shop um, or other herbs that call to you. Otherwise, it's totally fine to use on a semi-regular basis, but with Mukuna, it's nice to take breaks and not do every single day. Okay, so that takes us to it takes us to basically the end. I'm not going to jump into plant medicine retreats because that, that's a long one. So I will save that for next time. And let me just ask while we're here, does anyone have any other questions that they would like to drop in to the chat while we close this out? And I'm just going to check sometimes they get emailed in here too. I'll make sure that there are none in the email. Let me know. All right, we are good. <sighs> well, in that case, I'm just gonna drink some water here and hang out for a second. I'm just looking at my desk. I'm like, home. Oh, maybe I should share with you what's on my desk. It'd be kind of fun. So we've got a minute left. We've got a couple minutes left. All right, so here's a little desk tour. These are the things that I keep near me at all times. My herbals, obviously. Just debating which one should I have. Maybe I'll have the everyday endurance. So herbal gummies. You guys know what these are, right? I'll have to tell you. Take some of these because it's the middle of the day and I've got a lot more to do. Did I drop one? I did drop one. Yum. And then, <laughs> let's be real honest about it. I have a little baggie of um, edibles that I brought back from LA because I can't have edibles. <laughs> so I thought I would try some really low dose stuff. That's my really low-dose stuff that I have not tried yet. Probably take me six months to try. But that's that. I have this brainwave tincture, which is very good. This is in our online shop. Of course, this is the company that makes the uh, Milky Oats tincture, which is so great, as well as the digestive herbal bitters. Love them. I have an essential oil, Hinoki. The camera is opposite, so it's confusing, sorry. This is something I use for focus and also just, I don't really wear fragrance anymore since the pandemic. So periodically when I feel like I want just some like good woody scent, you know, I'll put some of that on. And, oh, I have my, my bar that I've done with Better Bar. Is this fun or is this funny, this like show and tell? This one has my face on it. You know about these, right? 
If you haven't tried these, you must try them. They're so, so good. This is a banana, banana nut flavor, delicious. Um, and I have a huge pile of herbs over here, but those are not on my desk. So my desk is pretty minimal. I keep it, keep it really simple. Um, helps, helps me with focus and that sort of thing. Just my, my BFFs, which as you can see, are sort of brain focused, right? Except for the, except for the edibles. That's just a reminder that I need to try them. All right. Okay. Looks like no questions have come in. So I will stop lollygagging and um, wrap this up. Just wanted to say thank you to everybody again for joining me for this. Um, please do share, you know, any version of it that is, that is public with your friends. If you like it, uh, feel free to drop questions in the comments anywhere on Substack and I will have the recording up soon. I appreciate you if you're here live today or if you are watching the recording. All the same to me. Uh, thank you so much, and I will see you next week for more office hours. Take care.